All right, should we start? Should we start? All right. Hey! Welcome. Welcome. We're really happy to have you here, and I really don't like those pillars. But yeah. anyways, um, it's, um, we're glad you made okay. it here. Um, Maybe we can... Should we move over a little bit? No, Is no, that far, better? Further away okay. from that. I want to get away from this. Okay. It doesn't matter. I mean, um, okay. Yeah, just introduce us. Okay, I try Okay, to... well, this is Christian, my husband. Um, I'm Kim. We are from Hamburg, northern Germany, and this is our fifth or our sixth time uh, at the summer camp. <laughs> and we really feel very much at home here. We love it here. We feel really connected to the Scandinavian cultures and... We feel very welcome here and, well... We've been married for over 20 right. years. Can you believe it? <laughs> and, we got married uh, when we were 10. <laughs> we, have two, we have two kids, uh, Live and Life. Yes. Uh, uh, 14 and 7 years old. And um, we're, we're doing a workshop uh, today. And this is a really, this is an extract, yeah, a reduction, total reduction of an online workshop that we do. We had uh, over almost 500 couples in this online workshop during Corona, so um, it's uh, we think it's very helpful. And uh, just to say, it's in the very beginning. We're just scratching the surface right now because only we have one hour, you know. And it was four uh, evenings, actually. Right. We have our online so workshop is we'll get this. four evenings over four weeks, and you get homework that you can do with your partner. And you can uh, WhatsApp us if you have questions. So we, we go with a group over four weeks, and now we have only like 60, 60 minutes. minutes. <laughs> But we make the most of it. Yes. And if you think this is brilliant and you want more, you can invite us to do an online workshop for your church or for your community or for you and your friends. And um, just talk to us. Yes. Right? All right. Okay. So why do we have to talk about partnership? It's really interesting uh, when we look at the Bible and uh, the very beginning, uh, God creates everything and he says it's so good. You know, it's really, really good. And uh, then something happens. God says, oh, <laughs> there's something that is not so good. Uh, it's not good that man should be alone. Right. And uh, so uh, God creates another human being and they end up as uh, man and woman. And uh, suddenly, the whole thing is super, super, super good. So, uh, in the very beginning of the Bible, we realize that partnership is really solving a big problem that was before partnership, and the problem is being alone, right? Being alone really sucks. Uh, it's not a good thing, and that's why God gives us a partner, right? Um. So, what is interesting uh, concerning partnership, we face many barriers today. When we look at the Garden Eden, you know, there were no barriers. I mean, uh, Adam and Eve, they were naked, right? Woohoo! Nice! And uh, they were walking the garden, they were doing stuff together, and uh, they, um, they were on the same level, meaning they were doing this together. Uh, they were not ashamed of one another. And shame is really one of the things that we talk in our course uh, again and again. The boogeyman of shame. Uh, we believe it's one of the things that is really after destroying our partnerships and after um, really hindering us from going, going into really deep intimacy with one another. Right. 
So, um, today uh, we uh, want to talk about friendship and we want to talk about life vision. And we believe uh, both of these two um, are uh, fundamental for all of our partnerships. Uh, and uh, tomorrow we continue and we're going to talk about communication and we're going to talk about uh, intimacy, sexuality. So if you want to come back tomorrow, uh, you can do that. Right? Yeah, those are our four pillars that we kind of figured out over the years, carrying partnership. Right. right. <laughs> so, um, friendship. Oh, I need to set my watch. Gosh, I... <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about your pulse. Because no, oh, yeah, I, I'm checking. Let watch. me check my pulse. <laughs> no, I need to... Oh, gosh. And I can, now I can always see when he gets excited through the <laughs> yeah, Thank you. Sorry. Thanks for telling everyone our secrets. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm always excited when I'm with you, by the way. Yeah. Okay, but let's not go there. Um, right. Friendship uh, is really interesting because um, friendship is usually what gets our partnership started, right? When we uh, meet our partner for the first time or on the first month, uh, we, we live on friendship as main fuel. We, we enjoy the time together and we do things that we like. We go out, we do sports, we uh, go to museums, whatever. And we, we're like, oh, there's someone who's like me and he likes the same stuff. And, and there's this friendship bound. Yeah? Uh, but the older uh, the partnership... Uh, becomes um, friendship is really challenged, right? Because um, stress of life, because of uh, um, just uh, uh, the, the midlife transition, you might, you might start to, to feel rise up. Uh, um, friendship is uh, becoming difficult. And uh, so we, we found out um, there's three pillars concerning friendship that uh, we need to look at again and again to keep the friendship uh, alive. alive, to keep the friendship as a, as a glue that would uh, help us to go through life. Because, especially in midlife transition, we meet many couples, they are married and they are faithful and they raise their kids and they build their house, but they're not really friends anymore. They don't they, really enjoy spending time together. I'm doing yeah, where's the fun? And um, I remember um, probably six months ago, you, you, you had one of those days, you know, and you, <laughs> you, you, you said to me, well, where's the fun gone in our relationship? And we were like, gosh, where, where's it gone? And I remember we were sitting down and talking and... Uh, and that's when we decided to go boulder together. Yeah, we yeah. did boulder. So, so we started to boulder together on Monday, boulder Monday. <laughs> and uh, just, just to have more fun, you know, not, not to be too serious all the time together. I think especially in Christian partnerships, you know, you, you concentrate on church and vision and God's kingdom and family. And things are really, s really tend important to be things, serious. But where's the fun? Yeah. Where's the light stuff, you know? Yeah. So the first cornerstone of uh, friendship is seeking and choosing nearness, right? Uh, friendship is really a, a, a shared journey 
with detours, you know? Friendship is not a straight line. Yeah, we are friends and we stay friends, but friendship is something you want to work on because there's times, you know, when it's kind of, oh, you know, I'd rather hang out with my bodies at the gym or somewhere than with my wife. And uh, so we, we have to work on our friendship, right? Um, especially when we are facing pain, it's really easy to, to withdraw Uh, it's easier to withdraw than to go in and, and uh, face the issues. It's easier to withdraw than to choose nearness, right? But it's so important that we choose nearness again and again uh, so that bad times can become good times again, right? Because we started with a good time. We always want to remember that. When we met our partner, it was a good time. It was, it was super Otherwise, we, would, we wouldn't start the partnership, right? And that's where we want to go again uh, concerning friendship. So, friendship means to stand by one another. Right. And, um, so maybe now it's time to dive into our okay. personal life, okay. like our partnership. Um, we like, kind of like to interview one another. And so. Wishin, um, <laughs> what were you thinking about friendship at the beginning of our partnership? Yeah. I mean, I just said, sometimes we think friendship is a straight line, and I was this guy, you know, I met you. Got her in a bag. Like, yeah, really beautiful, good-looking, and charming. And I'm like, yeah, and we, you know, we, we let's spend time, and let's hang out. And uh, I thought, this is never going to end. So, mm -hmm. friendship for me was really, um, I mean, I didn't know much about life. I was... Uh, Uh, I was 17 something. You were 21. Well, okay, I was 21, maybe between 17 and 21. I was 17. Uh, you were 17, right? I was 21. I didn't know much about life or women, uh, but I thought this is this is cool. This is a great addition to my life, you know. First mistake. This, this is what I what I needed, you know, to to become more whole and uh, everything. But then. I, I suddenly realized, whoo, you know, I have to invest uh, in our relationship. This is, this is not just going, going, going like a Volvo, <laughs> but this is more like, like a, I don't know, Japanese car that, that needs, you know, mm -hmm. some, uh, yeah. needs some more. Well, tell me about <laughs> how you... Uh, about friendship with me in the first seven years, maybe? How, um, well, what, in the first years, we, we got together, everything was great, and we uh, got married, everything was quite great, quite okay. <laughs> and then um, after you. a few <laughs> years, um, it, it came naturally at the beginning, but then after a few years, I got, I got bored. Yeah, and that's a problem for me, at least. Yes, mm -hmm. because... Um, we were doing lots of stuff with church. We were in, involved with the Jesus Freaks movement in Germany. We're doing stuff and ministry and all this and that. And I was like seeking fun. And so uh, over a period of a few months or year, years maybe, I kind of switched my... I had fun with my friends, but not with my husband. <laughs> he, I loved him. Well, I didn't. That was clear. I loved you and we did ministry. You had a kind of a vision thing going on and it was good. It was clear that we were like this. But I was like, if I want to have fun, I'll do something else. You know, maybe we, we need to say that we, we were engaged. I mean, we knew each other for five years before we married. 
And then we, we moved, well, let's just say five years. I'm not good with numbers. It was about five well, years, so it was a long time. And then, and these, these five years were really happy yeah. because we weren't living together. So yeah. we only met to have fun, you yes. know? And then But, the everyday life came when we right. got married. I mean, at the beginning it was quite nice. I thought, that's nice to see you every day and to see everything every day. Um, but then it changed. And I was like, yeah. And, and then after a few years... I mean, there was, there was... Sorry. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I mean, just, just <laughs> to say that when we moved together, we realized, ah, oh, we are really different. Yeah. Because before we yeah, moved we together, were. we were like, yeah, you know, this is like... A perfect match. Yeah, it's because you choose the time you spend together, like you date, and then you live together, and you're like, yeah. oh, oh. So and then, well, and to make long story short, um, after a few years, like um, after two years being married, it ended in kind of a disaster. I had my own kind of peer group, I had my band and stuff, and I kind of fell in love with another yeah. guy. Because, you know, I... Get to the point. <laughs> I was a couch potato. Yeah. But I wasn't before we moved in. But when we moved in, when we married, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I have the, It's in like Germany we say the cat in the back, you know, I, and uh, so uh, I sit down on the sofa and enjoy uh, life, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> exactly. and uh, I didn't realize how, how much hunger for fun and for excitement you actually had, and uh, yeah. I totally missed out on that. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, well, it went right into a disaster and I kind of developed feelings for a good friend of ours and, well, stuff happened and shit happened. And so we went right into a big crisis. After I mean, two years after of two marriage. After two years right. of marriage. After yeah. being together for seven years. Right. So, and we'll get to the crisis tomorrow, I think. Yes. Yeah. Well, and uh, that is um, where the second cornerstone of uh, friendship uh, came into action, which is uh, living forgiveness, right? <laughs> Um, have you realized in a world marked by conflict, uh, forgiveness is the only basis for relationship to happen, for deep relationship to happen? So uh, the question is not, uh, or the, the thing is not to avoid hurt, but the thing is how are we going to deal with hurt? Because it's going to happen. You know, your partner is going to hurt you at some point. And the question is really, uh, what can we do? You know, so friendship is sustained through the willingness to forgive. And this is something we really have to learn repeatedly. Right. And it's such a it's such a tragedy. If you meet couples, they are maybe together for 20 years or maybe even longer. And uh, you, you feel a hardness, you know, they, they are together, but it's more like brothers and sisters that don't like each other very much but they're still faithful. But they're not really faithful because faithfulness doesn't mean to stay in marriage, but faithfulness means uh, to forgive one another, to mm. seek nearness, to choose the other one again and again. You know, yeah. this, is, this is faithfulness. Yeah, like, mm. So forgiveness is really something we want to learn early on in our partnership, um, right? Yes, and I gave you lots of, I gave you a big, huge reason to, to forgive me. Mm -hmm. And would you maybe shortly just dive yeah. into, uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. we were in a huge crisis then, because things got crazy and, um, and you had to forgive a lot, and you did, and that was amazing to I mean, maybe we have to, we have to paint, paint the picture a little, little better, 
Yeah. We were we were we were in this crisis. <laughs> I remember we were we were coming home from a restaurant, and and you said, "Can I talk f to you for a minute?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And you start crying right away. And I'm like, ah, this is going to be longer than one minute. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, what's happening? You're crying, crying, crying. And you said, well, I fell in love. And I, my first reaction was, yeah, I did too. You know, it's, <laughs> that's why, yeah, another guy. So I was like, ah. And it was really um, super heavy. I mean, it was just super heavy. I felt you ripped out my heart and threw it out of the window, you know. And um, so what, uh, what happened next was we had some friends in the U.S. and we told them about our crisis. And, and they were, I mean, they were so cool, you know. They said, uh, come and visit us, you know. We pay your flights. We pay everything for you. Just buy a ticket. We're going to help you to uh, go through this crisis. I mean, it's just amazing if, if, you, if you have the money and the housing to just have people come with you. And so we, we went over, we spent a month in the States and uh, we went through a counseling. Mm. And it was super because uh, I realized uh, I really mistreated you uh, because I, I tried to keep you on a leash and I tried to, <laughs> to, to put you into my collection of nice life events, you know. Uh, of souvenirs, but mm. but you were a person. You had your agendas, and so we we learned a lot. Uh, but um, for to, to forgive, usually comes naturally to me. I'm not someone who who clings to unforgiveness. Like I have me. other things, you know. I like <laughs> to cling, but because you know, I'm like I mess up so much, you know, every day. I need forgiveness so much. So I, I, I rather have it easy to forgive others. <laughs> but uh, this, this crisis thing that we had, uh, I guess it was uh, for about one and a half years, whenever I thought about the, the thing that happened, my heart would start to hurt. You know? I mean, it cannot really hurt, but it did. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it hurts. And uh, so again and again, we, we had... Uh, we had talks uh, uh, in the beginning longer, an hour or something at a time, and then just five minutes where, where you would ask, uh, did, did you forgive me? Or uh, where I would say, I, I really want to forgive. I really, and uh, we cried a lot. But after one and a half years, suddenly I felt like, wow, you know, this is, I, I'm totally free, you know, this is so cool. I just want to start again. And uh, so, yeah. Um, I learned a powerful lesson, and uh, or two powerful lessons uh, in, in this in this crisis. The first lesson is I really have have to be willing to forgive, because this this could happen every day. You know, I mean this this could happen today. That one of us, I mean, <laughs> it will not happen today, <laughs> but <laughs> shit can happen every day, and it's just a matter. Uh, uh, you know what am I gonna do if my partner says, "Wow, you know, can and it's can you I mean me? the, the matters during that crisis we both decided to turn towards one another. It was like right. like one turned away, which she could have easily done. Yeah, but it was always like intentionally deciding towards one another. Yeah, because we knew, although we were in a crisis, we yeah. knew what what treasure we had. Yeah, yeah, that was so important. You know, when you cried and when you. 
Um, I, I remember my first question I asked was, do you still want me? Yeah. And, and you looked at me and said, oh, of course, it was a terrible mistake. And, and the moment where you said that, I was like, okay, you know, we, yeah. th we're going to manage this. It's you like know? the course you if, said. If we want it, we, we're going to do this. So, okay. so I, I learned two lessons. I, I learned the lesson of forgiveness, but also I learned the lesson of my responsibility to really care for my uh, partner um, in a um, really to give myself away for her, you know. Uh, when we go back to the Bible, it says uh, the man leaves behind, you know, where he comes from to become one body and one soul with his wife, right? And I didn't leave behind, but I wanted to add her to my collection. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't work that way, you know. Uh, if, if you have a smart partner, the partner says, no, no way. <laughs> and uh, so I learned this lesson. And... Um, This lesson we call recognizing needs, right? And this is the, the third point uh, concerning friendship. So friendship and partnership really means to recognize and to respect the needs of my partner, right? Uh, it doesn't mean I have to m met, meet all the needs of my partner, right? It, that's not the same, but I have to know the needs of my partner and respect them, yeah? Um, without knowing my partner's needs, mm. I can't, of course, uh, meet the needs. And uh, this is this is what happened. I, I didn't realize how much how 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 adventurous you were. That you wanted to go out at night. That you you know you were full of life, and I was this grouchy couch potato guy. <laughs> well, so friendship goes through times of crisis. When we, uh, it's often related uh, to the fact that we miss our partner's needs. And in our workshop right now, we, we have a list of needs. We, we figured out eight needs. And uh, so right now, we would, we would send you with your partner, you know, in a breakout room with your own partner at yeah. home. <laughs> and and <laughs> you would look at these needs and may maybe you can just right now just think, you know, do I, do I, Do I know what my partner really, you know, what's on his heart, what makes him come alive, what mm -hmm. makes her come alive? Do mm -hmm. I know that? Is that, mm -hmm. do I take care that my partner's needs are met? Mm -hmm. So this is really something mm -hmm. we, we want to work on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, one problem that we were facing, I just said, um, I didn't know your needs. Um, but one reason why I didn't know them was that you were, it wasn't too easy for you <laughs> to identify your own needs. Yeah, I was unable to identify my own needs, like completely. I had no needs. So how should I, I know? <laughs> I mean, exactly. And you were like, I thought she had no needs. Yeah. That's the perfect partner, right? <laughs> A partner without needs. Yeah. And you were like the opposite. You are very good at... at formulating what you want, what you need, and to make a clear stand. And I was always like, oh, whatever. <laughs> so that was, of course, in the end, really bad. Because, of course, I always kind of followed his needs in a way, or my own, but then, like, with my own people. So that was difficult. Yeah, was I'm it? better now. And I'm much better. Let us, let us talk about the, our two main needs that we found out. Because yeah. talk a, talk a ah. little bit about the thing that you need most... 
you realized? Well, I really, I realized that I really need affirmation. I mean, not affirmation in the way like you are amazing, you are amazing, and stuff like. But sometimes when I when I when I used to do things, you wouldn't even recognize and. It's not that I did the things that you would recognize, but if you like encourage me or affirm me, it's like fuel in my engine. It's just like if you, I get loads of energy if someone tells me what you do is good. Yeah. No matter if I'm just on, it doesn't matter if I'm really good or not. But if you tell me I'm good at something, I'll get better. You it's said just that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> It's just like, this is how I work. It's, it's really simple. Maybe it's not that deep. But um, tell me I do something good and I will do better. And the reason why, why I didn't affirm you is affirmation does, doesn't do anything yeah, with you me. Tell him, you're, and he's like, yeah. You can, you know, after this workshop, you can say, wow, great. That was really great. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. Still say it, lunch. please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I, it's okay. No, I'm, I mean, I, I have to... Uh, I mean, this part of my brokenness, you know, that I'm, it's, I, you know, I, I keep a safe distance with affirmation. It's actually part of yeah. brokenness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Well, anyways, it's my love language, you know. I yeah. also like to affirm people, so it's something I give back to yeah. you. <laughs> anyway. So, so affirmation was, affirmation, I, I didn't yes. affirm you. And on Not a scale from one to ten. <laughs> Not at all. On a scale zero. from one to ten, right? Zero. Ten will be Jesus. I was zero? <laughs> on a scale from one to ten, I was zero? Well, when, when we, in the first years, well, where was I? Three. I had an, Three. enough it's affirmation inside of me, so I affirmed myself. But anyways, let's get Three. to the next lecture. No, 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 I want to... I wanna, <laughs> today, on a scale from, from one to ten concerning affirmation... <laughs> no, I mean, you can yeah. be honest. I, <laughs> I'm, I would say maybe seven. Huh. <laughs> so I'm learning. Yeah. Yes, you are. Well, let's turn to your love language. Yes, which my, is my, my main love language is affection. affection. <laughs> I'm very touchy. Very touchy. Not, with, not with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, there's these people who always hug everyone. No. no. But I found out really late in my life, my, my, my parents did never really touch me. Uh, which is really creepy when I think about my children. It's weird, yeah. But uh, even as a baby, you know, they wouldn't really touch me. So um, whenever someone touches me that I love, I mean, also my, my friends, you know, but not people, random people. I mean, you are beautiful random people, but just to make a point, I feel very connected. I feel very alive, Right. And uh, so um, I'm, I was very touchy and I, I was very, um, I, just, I just wanted you <laughs> to be very close, to be very intimate. And that wasn't too easy for you as well. <laughs> and we, we talk about that in the, uh, tomorrow in the session. But, but we, yeah, we learned an interesting lesson, right? Oh, yeah, we did. We need to move on, darling. It's you know what I... You, yeah. you didn't turn on the I, timer. I didn't turn on the... <laughs> but uh, did you turn on this? This is... Okay. Did you turn on this? I, I turned on this. Okay, let me... Okay. Okay, let me... Uh, this is terrible. This watch we is are not super really super organized. I just bought this watch. It's super cheap. And when it's and, red, you see it's And it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's cheap, yeah. It's really cheap. 
So if anyone has a gammon watch, okay. that doesn't work. Uh, so uh, in the end, you can ask questions. Yes. We'll, we'll have a lot of time for questions. But right oh, now, we a lot of time, yeah, <laughs> hours. Uh, okay, let's, let's go to the second point, sharing uh, vision, right? Um, life vision for the partnership. That's our definition. A shared understanding for the near and distant future. It doesn't mean doing the same thing all the time, but to work towards the same goal. And this is, this is very important for us. Uh, if we share a life vision, it really doesn't mean we have to do the same thing, and, and that's what, uh, what often hinders us. But it means uh, to work towards the same goal, really to support uh, us and uh, to, um, to go into a similar direction. Right. Uh, wh why can it be uh, difficult again uh, to to find a common vision? I mean, we are partners, you know. We uh, want to spend our life together, you know. We it's all good, but often uh, we go uh, into different directions, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. And I guess uh, again, an answer we we find in the in the creation uh, story in the uh, beginning of the Bible. Because in the very beginning, Adam and Eve shared uh, the same calling and the same life vision. God created man and women in his own image, in the image of God. Uh, and God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. So God gave Adam and Eve the same life vision. He, he didn't say to the woman, multiply, care for the kids, and he, then he said to the guy, well, and subdue the earth, and uh, yeah, take dig the dirt, and <laughs> take dominion over your wife and the earth. <laughs> no. Um, but uh, this is before the, the fall, before sin entered, you know. The, uh, men and women are really on the same page, and they share the same vision. And this is, this is so interesting. Uh, unfortunately, The plan dissolves after the fall, and as a result uh, of Adam and Eve, uh, of, of their poor choice, uh, men and women or different people now come together on their own individual uh, perspectives and with their own plans and their own challenges, right? Uh, and uh, so suddenly... Um, uh, after the fall, God says to the woman, well, now uh, children bearing will be uh, hard on you. And he says to the man, well, and digging the dirt will be hard on you. And there's this separation suddenly that wasn't before. So it's really, uh, I guess, uh, part of a fallen world. And um, so I guess when we... When we uh, live partners as partners, um, one of the challenges is really to bring those two together again. And uh, if you're a Christian, uh, if, if, you, uh, um, if you look for God's plan, um, the challenge is really to, to bring two perspectives into one stream and say, well, uh, God, how, how does that look? You know, multiplying and subduing the earth. How does that look as a team, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, Kim, 
let us talk about our journey mm -hmm. and um, <laughs> how did your life vision uh, look as we started, let's say, from 1959 to 1999, the first years. What? 1959. 1959. <laughs> uh, 90. So whenever I say numbers, just, just <laughs> a few years ago. Have your own story. Yeah. Well, How did it look in the very beginning? Your my life vision was pretty pretty simple. I played in a band. I wanted to be become a rock star, and I was attending an acting school. So I wanted to become either an actress or a rock star. <laughs> And I thought this would just work like, um, I wanted to be happily married and I thought that would just follow the being happily married, of course, whilst I do my stuff, which is really mm. nice stuff, I thought. So, so well, how did it feel for you when we, when we married and you suddenly realized, whoo, you know, my, my, my husband that I want to spend all my life with is... He's going into a different direction. Yeah. How did that? It, it wasn't sudden. It was slowly. It's slowly creeping up my back, and it was like um, you were talking about planting churches all the time and planting churches. And in my mind, I mean, I was also involved in church, of course, very much. <laughs> But in my mind, I saw myself then sitting somewhere in Africa, in a hut, mm -hmm. planting churches. Although you never said that, but this was kind of the picture I got, and I was like. Um, I was. I became really. I became a bit depressed actually because I thought, well, yeah, I became a bit depressed, and then I'm kind of. I look for solutions, so I thought, well, you do your stuff, I'll do mine, and we'll still be happily married. That works, and um, I figured out it didn't. Um, so I felt really. I felt really trapped because I thought I have a problem because I want to do something, and I might get really angry if I don't get to do it. But you, you, you were always really clear in in. In stating your position, saying what you want, you, well, you were like, "I want to plant churches. I want to do this and that. I want to build God's kingdom." Uh, and I would have never said, "Well, but I want to be a rock star." <laughs> so um, it was like I thought it's obvious that we like play hand in hand, but mm. it wasn't so obvious. Mm. So I was really torn. So what was your on. solution? What what? Well, my solution was pretty simple. I thought, well, let's choose. I'll choose fun as often as I can, and then I'll do the serious business with you. <laughs> the serious <laughs> church business stuff. So, in a way, which I was boring. in a way, you had to. It's not. I know, but I thought it was boring. Yeah. So, did did you have to wear a mask, or no. were you just? No, no, no. I always have also have a deep and serious side. <laughs> I know, I know. But I had, I like, like I, I practiced like three times a week with my band, yeah, yeah, and that yeah. was like my yeah. And then I mean, I'll go back and talk about church. Yeah, this is where I'll. And then I'll go back to practice. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. So, so it was really everything was so serious, you know, and so like serious. Yeah. Life was really serious, and I, I didn't want to be serious. Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah, so um, what role did Life Vision play for you when we yeah. got into the party? I mean, I must say, you know, I uh, I um, I met Jesus when I was 17, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> And I, I really, um, uh, I come from a background, I was very depressed. I was, de I mean, of course, you know, my parents didn't touch me, so I ended up, uh, I remember my first depression with six years old. Uh, so this is what happened. So, uh, 
And um, I met Jesus, and very, uh, I mean, just after, after realizing, yeah, this is God, you know, and he's alive, I said, I want to spend the rest of my life to help people to get, get in contact with Jesus. I mean, how else do you want to spend your life, you know? Uh, I mean, it, yeah, if you're something, someone like me, you know? And so um, when we fell in love, you know, I looked at you. And I was already active in, in church stuff. I was uh, in doing things. And uh, we planned the church in Hamburg. And I was part of the leadership team. And I, and I knew, you know, this is what I want to do and plant a bigger church and maybe many churches and whatever, let your kingdom come. And I looked at you when we fell in love and I was like, yeah, she's really beautiful, but what about her faith? And I was, oh, yeah, she really knows Jesus. You know, I could work with that, you know. This, this is so a terrible. solid foundation for my, <laughs> so for my vision, you know. This is a wife that could really help me, you know, to do this kingdom stuff, you know. I mean, I was kind of religious and I was really a jerk, you know. But this is, this is how I looked at, at you. And, um, well, well, and uh, I, I thought this is, this is God's plan. Yeah. And uh, I really liked the mix, you know, because you were a little bit exotic. You were like, yeah, and I want to be an actress and I, I, I want to be a rock star. And I'm like, yeah, you know, this That's is good. You can do the work, worship in church. And <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty good. So, so what, when yeah. it became clear to you that we didn't really, that we did have different ideas of life, yeah. what made that feel you like? Yeah, you I, was, like? I was really devastated. And uh, this, I think moving in again was a revelatory moment. I was really confused uh, because um, I really, uh, I really uh, called to God, you know. I was like, God, what is, what is happening, you know? There's, your kingdom is in danger. I you, need to help. You know, <laughs> I you, need a you, wife to help me. You know, you need to talk to my wife, you know. She's obviously, you know... She's going to acting school and she's taking this serious. So, God, she's not praying you know, that much. Uh, she's not really, you know, she's not reading her Bible that much. She's not really. So, what are we going to do? And um, so, I, I, I realized, and and uh, acting was so was so much fun for you. So, I really, I was, I was becoming envy a little bit. I was like, oh, she likes that more than. God probably, <laughs> and it, it was it was very dif difficult for me because I realized uh, how how are we going to plant another church? You know, if you if you're an actor and uh, that doesn't read the Bible enough, and, right? Yeah, and then then you had the band, and um, the band was really good, and then you you got a record deal, and then the record company said you're gonna go on tour. You know, and, and I, I was like, yeah. And, and she was like, whoa, we're going to go on tour. And, uh, of course, um, you came home to me and said, we, we're going to go on tour. I said, what does that mean? For says, Sunday yeah, service. <laughs> probably means we're going to be away two or three weekends a month. <laughs> and I was really crying out uh, to God because I was confused. But this was after our crisis, right? So I realized... Uh, I, I have to be very careful, you know, if I, if I put her on the leash or if I try to put her on the leash now, if I do the religious 
guy thing she might be running away uh, because this didn't work the first time so I really um, I really prayed said God what's happening you know we are in the process of church planting we have this group what is happening and Jesus was uh, yeah really cool he said Christian uh, do you do you, did you realize that I laid down everything for you all my life I laid everything down so you can be with me why don't you do the same for your wife and I was really like oh, this demonic voices in my head this is clearly against the scripture and anything but inside I felt oh yeah yeah, this is, this is how God is leading me right now. And so I, I, I said, well, Kim, okay, uh, we, let's forget about the church plant. Let's go on tour. He and, was a uh, sound guy then. I, I, I'm a sound engineer Sorry. by profession, so it was like, yeah, okay, you know, I can be your sound guy, so we can still uh, have a lot of time. And so to, to shortcut the story, we were on tour for about two years, we earned some money. We had a lot of fun. Uh, after two years, the bass player, she became pregnant, and we had to stop touring. And you turned to me and said, yeah, now, now we're going to plant a church, you know? <laughs> I'm like, whoa, you know, this is really good. This is working out really good. And uh, I also realized we needed these two years on, on tour to plant a church. And so in 2007 and eight, we, we planned a church and, um, and we both wanted to play the and church. We both wanted it, and we were yeah. we were on the same page, you know. It wasn't my ministry or my church, but we were we were totally on the same page. Yeah. So that was that was super. Yeah. And I think you probably have repented about me having read the Bible too little. And it's so interesting. <laughs> I mean, God has. I mean, I'm. Mm, yeah. You're very sincere. I'm very sincere. Very sincere. I'm not really... I mean, I joke a lot, but not with God. No, also with God, but I'm, I really want to follow uh, Jesus, you know. And if he says something, I probably do it. And, um, and this, this Bible thing was so interesting because I, again, you know, I, I talked with, with Jesus. I said... Kim is not reading her Bible as she should, God. What, what are we going to do, you know? And, and Jesus said to me, and I, I heard him so clearly, he said, Christian, Kim knows me better than you do. And she hears me better than you do. And I, I was like, no, really? <laughs> And I and I and I started to ponder these these thoughts in my heart, and then I realized uh, on when we were on honeymoon, we were in the states again, and and a guy came up to me and said, "I think I I have this thought in my head. It might be from the Lord. Maybe you can test it." And he said, uh, "I think God says to you, your wife uh, hears me better than you." <laughs> So when in doubt, do what she hears. He said, listen to the this, advice of your listen wife. Listen to the advice of your wife. This is what he said. And um, when he said that, I was like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Jerk. 
But later on, about two years later, I had the same thing in my heart, and suddenly I realized, wow, that that is that is um, a a cutting edge word from the Lord. And since that, uh, I I have been faithful to listen to you. And usually we do what Kim says. It's just what the Lord told us. You know, it's this. It's just how. The thing works for and us. We do make decisions together. Well, when we make them together. Doubt. But when in doubt, you know, I, I just say, well, decide because God said, yeah. and, and, I, and, and I know, and really, she knows him better than I do. And I've written books. <clears throat> I mean, I do this professionally. I'm a spiritual director. I help people to grow with God, and she knows him better. Still, you know, I hear the Lord tell me that again and again. Uh, I know in my way. It's you know very funny. No, that. he says you know him better. You know, this is... Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so, this is our journey um, with life vision. And... Um, um, Still, this is so shortened up. This is, this is like, very this shortened up. This would be up. a whole evening on half this yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, and now we would, we, would give you, we would give you papers. We would give you stuff to work check out how is your life vision doing for your partnership you know uh what's your what's your vision uh for the next 12 months uh two years five years 10 years something and you, you can talk about that and um so what we found out right now uh, what, what we we actually uh in the last five years or something we realized we uh, our our common goal is really to help others to be successful Uh, so we, we don't have a common goal like we want to plant another church or whatever, um, but, but really to help others. So this is one reason we, we do these courses. And uh, so that, that is our, our life vision right now concerning uh, what we do together. Yeah. Right? There we, other... we keep um, asking ourselves again and again, like, to, are we still on track with our vision or have things changed? And we have certain exercises that we then would give you normally that help to, to focus on certain things and help to focus on the partner's parts in each. Okay, this was like a jet. A rushing wind. A rushing wind. Um, let's have questions and answers. You can ask us anything um, concerning these two topics or anything else. And it's, it's, uh, we, we, we'll take another maybe 20 minutes just to, to do conversation. Yeah, please. Um, when, was, when did you create your first uh, vision as a couple? And what was it? Uh, could you repeat? Sorry, I didn't hear it. <laughs> It's like, when did you create your first vision as a couple? And what was it? I guess in the beginning, we, we didn't... Um, later on, we realized we have to work on a vision, really. Our first, in the first stage of our relationship, the vision was just to have fun, to have sex, just to do do friendship, do do do, and and then uh, when we moved together, I had this vision, increasing vision to plant a church. Your vision was doing music, da da da, and then more and more it came together. So I would say, probably after um, it took about ten to. 12 years for our for our basic visions to align and um, obviously there are there are different stages um, 
like we, we have something we want to see in the next 24 months or something and in 10 years. Um, but it really, I would say it, it took 12 to 15 years to come to this, to the, to this point where we say uh, we, we want to go towards the same goal and we both are willing to sacrifice our, our dreams for the common thing. Yeah. I think one problem in church is that it's always being talked about vision. And then I think many Christians are like, oh, I didn't receive a vision. It must just kind of explode in my heart. And then I must have a picture. And that's the vision. And naturally, my husband will, of course, have the same vision. Um, and nobody tells people that you have to work on it and mm -hmm. that you have to work in it like like yearly or yeah. two yearly or in, in certain... Um, Yeah. What do you call it? Um, rhythms, you know? Yeah. Um, and that things change, and then you have a family, and things change mm. again, and you have to just to retalk it again and again. Yeah. And I think it's not like now we've got the vision yeah. that we're going to keep doing until we're 100. But it's like, what are we going to do the next two years? Oh, wow, you're pregnant with twin, twins, maybe. So, okay, it's pretty obvious what you're going to do the next two years. This is the vision. This yeah, is the right, vision, you know. Right, but yeah. um, what when, when, like, after five years or ten years, what, what then? What kind of. Mm. If I imagine the perfect day in my life, like in 10 years, what would it look like? How can we paint a picture of the two of us in, in 10 years, in mm. 2032? Yeah. What, will we, what people will be around us? Who, who will we be mm. friends with? And what people will be investing in? You know? mm. And paint this picture and paint it like in a brave way. Like mm -hmm. dream big, because you can always shorten out afterwards. But like paint a picture and paint a picture of... Mm, what is in your heart because I mean God is obviously living in you and sometimes I've met Christians who are like yeah but this is not a holy vision so this is what I actually would like to do but I'm a Christian so I think I must do this and that but maybe God planted something special in you and and he's not surprised by, by you guys being a couple you know so yeah I mean, of course, some things should be talked about, like when one partner is like, I totally want to go to Africa, and the other one is like, never ever would I want to do that. That would be good to clear that before you get married, right? I mean, there's some areas that are good to talk about before you, get, yeah. before you decide we want to spend a lifetime. But, but I, I think most of the, ver most of the important things, they were, they were coming. I mean, we, we are changing, you know. We, I'm not the same guy that I was five years ago. <laughs> Or two years ago so what I want to see in life you know is is changing and has I think there's been an alignment mm. it, for us I think it took 15 years but it doesn't well, it need to be crisis. that long I mean it, it took crisis <laughs> but so, so because otherwise I mean sometimes vision just happens like when you're in the church movement and it's rolls and of course you're in it so this is your vision thing but what when things don't work out that well anymore Where is your vision then? What do you want to... You still have the two of you, right? Was that helpful? Is a question? Okay. No, it's not a, a question. It's more a, a thank you. We took your training a couple of years ago. Oh. And I would suggest anyone, we've been together for more than 25 years now. And the training itself gave some exercises and also forced us to think about stuff we never thought about together. We've kind of mm. always been on the same path somehow. But we never really set up some common goals and where is this actually ending up somehow when the kids are grown up and gone yeah. and so on. And 
I would just say that I'm not the kind of guy that really goes into this, but it gave us a lot, uh, the exercise, and we still have the papers and uh, go through them from time to time. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's good. Thanks. So listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> More questions, please. Comments. Ask us anything. What would you say would be the most important thing to consider before actually getting married? Well, do you like the person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, really. I mean... I mean, that's really... <laughs> hmm. Friendship? I don't know if, this, if, if you can answer this question. Hmm... Uh, Yeah, that yeah, they're different different levels. I mean, it. Mm, but I I guess one one thing is really, do I really like this person? You know, sometimes we we feel you know we are sexually attracted to someone. Or, you know, yeah, let's get married and that's. But that's it, it doesn't last you know forever. Mm. And uh, the the question is really, do I uh, do I see myself with this person in twenty, in twenty five, in thirty years, mm-hmm. in retirement? Can mm-hmm. I can I f- see myself with this person? And um, I guess that's mm-hmm. that's helpful. And is there like some kind of glue between us? Like, is it like we have a real deep friendship, uh, or we have, or we share a real? close vision is it something that glues us together because there are many attractive people around the world you know I mean so we could hmm? <laughs> what <laughs> we could pick where are you going <laughs> where are you going just, with that just <laughs> just forget about it <laughs> yeah I, yeah that's I, I don't think we can give yeah. a better I think, yeah look for the glue and um And if you, I mean, if you have survived like a little crisis already, that might help. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you're still glued together. More questions, mm-hmm. please. Yes, please. Yeah. A robotic question. Um, I was thinking, what if, what would have happened in Yukistan if she, after these two, two years of touring, Would have said there will not be there will not be any yeah it's uh, it's interesting thank you good question the the thing is I really laid that dream down when I when I when I said yes to to touring I really laid that dream down and and also I realized wow you know I'm I think somehow I'm religious and I really want to prove myself and many things came together and uh, mm-hmm. so. Um, I laid this down, and um, when we were touring for the two years, I didn't think about church planting at all. You know, it was like it was gone. You know, we we could have kept on touring and be happy. I was just it was almost a relief because I realized I was I was really I thought church planting is the only thing you can do to please to God that, or yeah. to to live a good life. Which is so stupid. I mean, mm. it's, uh, it's like super religious mm. and super wrong. 
And um, so I, I kind of went through a deliverance when I surrendered uh, myself also to Kim. And this is interesting um, because um, sometimes one of the partners, often it's the male part, I guess, but one of the partners um, really wants to prove themselves, really wants to, you know, to take a stand and uh, deliverance comes through giving yourself to the weaker partner, you know, to the softer partner, and deliverance happens. And that happened with me. And uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I just, just uh, a month ago, uh, I went to... Uh, actually, I, uh, I, I, I preached on, um, I don't know, surrendering yourself... And I um, had something where you could pour oil into a basket and surrender your oil to the Lord. And when I talked about it, we had a ministry time, and God said, well, I, again, Christian, I want you to surrender church planting to me. And I was like, whoa, again? And I'm like, oh, yeah, wow, I'm still, huh, I'm still clinging. Yeah, I still want to prove myself. And so I put in the oil. And so it's interesting, you know. Uh, so I, I think... A partner is the person God uses most to to set us free and to heal us, uh, but he he does it in not real, not often in an obvious way, but in a in a sub subtle way. Yeah, mm. but but mm. also you when we had our crisis, like in the one minute I was crying and figured out it would take longer than a minute. Um, Uh, he, he, you were in, in the leadership of our church, of the movement, and you were invited to Thailand to preach, and you had all these big things going on, like the Christian star thing. And <laughs> anyways, um, and you, as uh, soon as you figured out, okay, we got a crisis now, you laid it all down immediately. Mm. And this really spoke to me, because in that moment where we were like, well, we have a, a bunch of shit happening here, but... Um, I repent and I'm honest and I tell you and at the same time you're like okay I'll lay right. everything down that I that is really important to me. I never and, saw it this way. And it so really, I laid it down twice for you. Yeah. And it showed wow. me and it, and for years <laughs> for years I lived from that because I knew that was really important for him like being invited to Asia <laughs> and all that was really important and he just quit it immediately. So um, to me, it spoke. And I would now, after that, I would do the same. Because I think that my nature would be like, I'll do my stuff and I'll keep my stuff. But that spoke so much that I think I would do the same, I hope. <laughs> um, I, would lay, I would lay down things um, for him easier now. Because he like in, invested in this so much. And it really showed me for years how important I was and that I was more important than ministry because for a long time I thought well he's married to me in ministry <laughs> so um, that really spoke did I earn your trust yeah you did wow yeah yeah any more questions we still have time yeah we have a little yeah please I saw on the board in the in the entrance hall that you uh, primarily focus your teachings and your Your lectures towards uh, people who are in a relationship already. Is this true? And could you elaborate a bit on that? 
Well, I mean, our our goal is we we yeah. Um, our, our goal is that um, we believe in partnership. We we believe God created two people to become partners, really, to work together as a team. And this is the main thing we're going after. And um, we realize, looking at many marriages, these they are married, but they're not a team. And they're sometimes not even partners, you know, but they are married. And so for us, uh, we, we don't... Actually, our goal is not to get people married. I mean, it's a good thing. I would recommend it. But our goal is really to help people to become partners. So that's probably the main, main goal. In the people who are maybe have the capacity to be married, mm -hmm. let's say three years, yeah. the partner they don't know yet, they yeah. are the partners to be, right? So you could actually, that's right. by helping them, that's true. create people yeah. who have the capacity of being great that's true. partners for someone. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we would have them to rewrite our exercises a little, but yeah, yeah. so this would be like a, a premarital kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, mm. yeah. How can I get ready to become a good partner? Competent. That's a good idea. We we we'll talk about that. Competent partner. Right, Please. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Probably. It's a deep um, one. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, we realized we, we actually did some things right in that area. Probably the first thing we did right is uh, we, we have a partnership day uh, from the very beginning, even before we were married. We, uh, it's, it's the Monday, and uh, we were both self employed, and, or Kim, you were studying. Um, so we, we could take the time. And uh, in the very beginning, where we do not, didn't have kids, we would take the Monday as a partnership day. So we switched off our phones, uh, uh, slept in, uh, just went for a walk, went to a restaurant, did whatever. Yeah? When, when we uh, started to have kids and started to work, we were like, oh, a whole day, you know, this is, is going to be difficult. So we switched to three to four hours Monday uh, Monday morning to noon, uh, but uh, we still have this day, and um, this has been, I guess, the most helpful tool to choose nearness, because we, we take time every week, three or four hours, to really talk, to, uh, to do fun stuff, uh, to invest in our relationship, and the idea was... Um, how long do we want to do this? And yeah, we want to do this as long as we are alive. So we really we need to invest, you know. And um, so we give three or four hours. And with our work schedule, it's it's possible, you know. We we make it possible, and switch off our phones and everything. So this is a big part of choosing nearness, because yeah. And the good thing is that you always know, because I think, especially with family, um, time together doesn't come natural anymore, because in the evenings you're tired, you want to go to sleep, <laughs> you don't want to talk about deep stuff, but so you always know, well, we'll meet and we can share on mm -hmm. that, that day, yeah. there is one set time yeah. we can share, and another thing is that we 
I mean, it's a lot about intentionality. Uh, another thing is like we choose forgiveness. You know, it's like choosing yeah, yeah, yeah. things like um, yeah. uh, or expecting, trying to expect the best from the partner. Like when you do shitty stuff, I don't, I'm not, not like ah, oh, he's always like ah, but I'm like okay, maybe he's just like tired or whatever. I mean, actually, to, we, I just remember we had ground rules when we got together. Okay. I, I totally forgot that. But I think three or four ground rules that we, values, you, you could say values, that mm -hmm. we say, this is things we always want to do. And um, uh, we always want to uh, seek nearness. That was one of our values. So uh, even if we fight, you know, we, we want to come together. And uh, this has been just a very strong value. And we would remind one another to seek nearness And uh, do, do you remember the other? We we always want to touch one another. That was the value I brought in, uh, because when you touch your partner, it's hard to be angry and and I mean. Well, it's possible. Well, I mean, yeah, but but uh, I mean, so uh, physical physical uh, nearness and. Um, Uh, just and also affirmation, talk, affirmation. of the affirmation of, of what you have like not always like mm. um, when your partner behaves in a stupid way like not doubting the whole thing but like yeah being soft-hearted and turning towards the stupid partner in that case not, not you, but like turning towards and not like mm. being I don't know turning away and being huffy being moody so we wrote these these values down and I really want to encourage you when you start in your partnership, Why don't you write down a few values, very few, maybe three, you know, things mm -hmm. that, that are super important that you won't let go of, you know. And that you agree write, them, on. write them on the wall or write yeah. them on a paper that, and, and say, this is what we agree on. And uh, you can sign them. I don't know if we did that. But, but again and again, we reminded one another, this, this, this is what we do and this is why we yeah. uh, choose nearness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. As you said, we, we took the online course, and after that, I mean, we were like, okay, a whole day, that's not possible. <laughs> But we did an, e an evening and has, have done ever since. Oh, wow. And, and one of the things that really helped us do is I am really hot-headed, and I want to talk about it right now. <laughs> and this has, taught, me, this has taught me to, I know that come Saturday evening, You can talk. About it. Yeah. So uh, I can take this thing yeah. and I can put it on a shelf, and then yeah. mostly comes out of the evening. I don't really care anymore. Ah. <laughs> and, uh, that is interesting. Because if I do still care, then we do need to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. And, and we do. So yeah. we know this evening. I mean, sometimes if there's something, if there's like a wedding on the mm -hmm. Saturday, then we move it to Friday or Sunday. But we only cancel it if we're together mm. uh, all week, like mm -hmm. on a vacation yeah. or mm -hmm. something like that. If not, wow. we, we move it to another evening. We always have mm. that so I can say, okay, we, we mm. will talk about it just at some other time. And then we, wow. we're very t intentional about having a hobby together because we have little kids. And like you say, it doesn't come natural. <coughs> and the kids become the, the glue. And you have to think about the time after yeah. the kids. Yeah. So we, we talk yeah. and then we wow. do. Happy thing together. That is so Thank cool. you so Funny much. Thing. That is yeah. really encouraging. And it comes from your day of a week. Thank you. I mean, what hey. you just said, it's so cool because it's uh, a partnership is something so special. There are so many people in frustrating partnerships and you must nurture it. I think, I mean, it's obvious. And I'm a, I'm a, when I talk to people and they're like, yeah, we have had kids now from for the last 
17 years and we've I've never spent a day with my husband alone I'm like no wonder you are kind of bored and frustrated you must nurture that you must mm -hmm. water that flower even if it's just a little time but some intentional time that you both decide yeah. on to spend together like One on one. It's like I, I guess it's like sports. Who of you would say you do sports regularly or you have sport goals? Oh, only sport goals. I do have goals. I mean, I mean, what what I do is I swim and I uh, bicycle and uh, I I need to swim every week to stay in shape. Better twice a week, right? Yeah. I mean, stay in shape, right? You you do this every week, and for your partnership to stay in shape. You need to do this every week, you know. You, it, mm. It's just, it's very obvious. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey, we can do one more question. One more. Wasn't there another hand here? I can do a follow-up on my last question. Um, that would be, I mean, you talk about, this is, God is so much part of it. And I like that. And, uh, I mean... Life with, with God is personal, but it's also together. Mm -hmm. um, and so, mm -hmm. my last question about church planting, and your answer was very good, I think. Um, I mean, we're not in, on an island, we're hopefully in a church context, mm -hmm. and like a context like this. How do you, I mean, I would like to hear that uh, altar call that I invite you to surrender your church planting dreams. Like, You don't hear that much. No. Yeah. It's like built in another yeah. direction. Yeah. So how do we create environments that you can visit to Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think there is a thing that is Christian stress. And it's not healthy. Not everybody's a church planter, right? Yeah, I think I think it's very important in, in in my life at least and in partnership to do what I really love, you know, to really figure out what do I love. I mean, not, not what is fun, you know, but but what is really satisfying to me. And uh, if it's church planting, do it. Yeah, but uh, if if it's if it's a hobby, do it. You know, if it's friendship, do it. And really to uh, to listen inside, because I, I guess God created every one of each one of us with um, with with uh, with a, um, with an inside vision, you know, that is yearning to be fulfilled. So what is that? And um, I think we this is this is good to talk about, and uh, and we need churches and everything and. Uh, If God allows, I would plant another one, but he doesn't. But, but, but what's your, what, what are you yearning for? And if you yearn to do sports, do it, man. It's God's call on your life to do sports, you know. And it's, then sport is holy because it's God's call for you, you know. So, yeah. And I think yeah. But that would fill another seminar. I think church must think of a much larger way of offering vision because um to 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 i mean i was in a church where that happened where young people were like what, what do i have to do well i seem seemingly i have to either to go like on a mission field 
or I have to plant a church. But anything else, there's, I mean, God is so creative. There are so many ways that you can live your faith and that you can draw people to Christ with the gifts that you have um, without having to plant a church. I mean, church happens everywhere. You I know? mean, church is happening, right? I mean, this is a different seminar, but this church is, is happening <laughs> wherever we are. When I'm with my friends, church is happening, yeah. you know, because I'm, you know, the cornerstone lives in me. We have to so, get a little more edgy, I think, yeah. you know, thinking. Yeah. Okay, time is, time is over. Thank you so much, guys, for listening, for coming to our workshop. And um, please, thank you. Thank you. Uh, please contact us if you like to. And, and come back uh, tomorrow. If you feel uh, for the with your community or with your church, you want to uh, book an online workshop, just ask uh, and uh, we see what we can do. Yes. Thank you. Tomorrow, the oh, yeah. second part. Second part. The other two pillars. Communication and intimacy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for correcting me. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs>